morning. Glad you're here. Just want to say thank you to each and everybody who contributed to our Easter egg hunt. It was a very big success. Had a kind of a crazy night before, but hey, God's in control. Everything was cleaned up, and we had an Easter egg hunt. Amen. Um. Has any of you ever noticed, or probably noticed right now, that everything has gotten so serious, especially the last 20-plus months? I mean, there's political turmoil. We're split as a nation. It seems like everybody's ready just to blow their tops. We've lost millions of acres due to forest fires. There's tornadoes. There's earthquakes. There's hurricanes. There's tsunamis. There's famines. There's food shortages. There's supply shortages. There's floods, there's droughts, wars breaking out all over the world, racism, riots, uncontrolled borders causing epic drug overdoses and sex trafficking, COVID-19, there's a possible threat of a new strain coming up. We've lost loved ones to this virus. It staggered our economy, and it's rapidly changing how we live our daily lives. Not to mention the small things in life, like your car broke down, you may have a leaky roof, or your teenager no longer likes you, your hair is thinning, your skin's sagging, you're getting older, your body aches, and sometimes it's all you can do just to get out of bed in the morning. We need a break. We need a break. Today's sermon is unorthodox, but very imperative. Please stand with me as we read God's holy word. We're in the book of Luke, verse 21, part B. And it says, Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you now, Father, and we know that the times are serious, and we know that uh, there's plenty of troubles that we can think about, Father, but I just pray today that we could find relief, Father. I just pray that you would ease our mind, body, and soul, and be with those who are mourning, be with those who are going through hard times, whatever it may be, Father, we just lift them up to you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Today we're going to focus on that last word I read in Scripture. I've titled today's sermon, Seriously, LOL. (laughs) Now, how many of you have ever been reading something, and it was just so humorous, you just busted out laughing? I mean, didn't it feel good? Of course it did. That's called laughing out loud, or LOL. I'm sure everybody knows what LOL means. But did you know that laughter is medicine? It is. Proverbs 17 verse 22 tells us that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries the bones. You see, laughter can profoundly improve your health. Dr. Gushan Sethai of the Cardiosurgery in Tucson Medical Center says laughter is like internal jogging. It tones all of your organs. It builds abdominal muscles without doing a setup. Come on. 
Laughter promotes better social skills and you'll have more friends. A good laugh brings us all closer together. And it can even help you find a spouse. If anybody's out there single and looking. Couples who laugh together stay together longer. And you know what? They live longer too. Out of all the vitamins and multivitamins and supplements that we take for our health, none can boost your immune system like laughter. Laughter helps to combat depression. When we laugh, our body releases good neuropeptides into our bloodstream, including oxytocin and dopamine. In other words, laughter makes you feel good. There was a philosopher back in the 70s, and I enjoy some of his songs. And in one of his lyrics, he wrote, If we didn't laugh, we would all go insane. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Why? Well, because laughter greatly reduces stress. You see, a good laugh can keep your body relaxed for up to 45 minutes. Laughing can even reduce physical pain. Studies have shown that pain levels were lowered after a laugh. Chuck Swindoll, a brilliant, brilliant theologian, says, Laughter is the most beautiful and beneficial therapy God ever granted humanity. I'd say, if all that's true, folks, it's time to laugh. Good for a long time, because some Christians are creepy. There's some creepy Christians. It's creepy everything. It's creepy Muslims, but some Christians is creepy. You ever had somebody, they talk about God and they voice change all of a sudden? Like, yo, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm cool. Can I tell you about the Lord? What is wrong with your voice? What's wrong with your voice? Where somebody start praying in the middle of your conversation? You was just having a conversation. Yo, you see the game? That was a good game. Man, that game was a good guy. We just thank you for being so holy, Lord. You're so awesome. I'm like, are we praying right now? You are creepy. Before I became a Christian, I, mean, used to, I would ask a girl out, and this, this one girl, I remember, she said to me, she said, I'm dating Jesus. I didn't know what that meant. Now I realize she was just saying she wanted to get closer to God before she started dating. Back then, I had no idea. I thought she was dating Jesus. <laughs> a month later, she called me up and said, you still want to go out? I'm like, did you break up with Jesus? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know for sure, but I think it was your fault, whatever happened. It was Joe. Now you coming to me? You are confused. You better go back. I'm telling you, he forgives you for everything, and you get free wine. You better call him. You better go call him. Because what if I'm the jealous type, right? I walk in the room, she praying. I'm like, who are you talking to? Because you got different types of Christians. This is what I found out. You got Christians who are cool. You can hang around with them. Iron sharpen iron relationships. 
right? And you got Christians who may have a little limp in their walk. They got the hat on, but the shoes don't match. <laughs> then you got Christians who, I'm just going to put this out there. You ever know somebody that was oversaved? <laughs> don't look at them. Don't look at them. You can't even have a regular conversation with him. He's like, hey, man, I'm thirsty. You thirsty? Thirsty for the Lord. <laughs> thirsty for the Lord? Hey, I lost my keys. Could you help me find my keys? You need the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I didn't drive a kingdom. <laughs> I drove a Toyota. <laughs> I know as soon as I said oversave, some of y'all had somebody in mind, but if you didn't, somebody had you in mind. You can be oversaved. You ain't know it. Now I got to let you know that you're oversaved. A couple indicators to let you know you're oversaved. Just a couple indicators. Um, if you don't mess around with computers because it got a cursor. I'm sorry. If you rebuke vacuum cleaners because it's a dirt devil. I got an aunt that's oversaved. She messes up television shows for us. We're watching Extreme Makeover Home Edition. At the beginning of the show, they always tell you the sad story about the people. My aunt gonna start praying for them. Lord, help them get a new house, Lord. Just... They're gonna get a new house. They're gonna get a new house. She's like, yes, you gotta believe. I'm like... Now you gotta have cable, is what you gotta do. You are messing up the program right now. I like reading the Bible, I was reading the Bible, found out, uh, found out Jesus had a little brother, anybody know his name? James. When I read that, I was like, Phew. how much pressure was that? <laughs> Jesus, your big brother? How many times did you have to hear, why come you can't be more like Jesus, James? Because <laughs> you know, everybody probably thought that James could do the same thing Jesus could do, but he couldn't. He was just James. He wasn't James Christ. <laughs> Remember the wedding banquet? Jesus turned water into wine. Everybody was amazed, but they don't tell you about the next banquet. Jesus left early. They started running out of wine. Everybody looked at James. It's like, man, last time this happened, your brother made some wine, dude. You, you just gonna stand there with your sandals on? You're not gonna... Can you make some Kool-Aid or something, man? You're not gonna do anything? <sighs> you know James had problems just like any other kid had problems. He would try to follow his big brother around. So everywhere Jesus went, James followed him. That's what little brothers do. So if Jesus went there, so did James. I bet one time, James almost drowned. <laughs> oh, you just got that joke just now, didn't you? <laughs> Jesus walked on water and James tried to know Jesus went
I'm sure James had problems. He would go to his parents with his problems. And his parents, especially his, his mom, was trying to throw him a bone once in a while. They'd pray over their food. They'd be like, Lord, we just thank you for this food. In James' name. <laughs> James had problems. He would go to his parents with his problems. And you know what they would say? He'd be like, well, what would Jesus do? You know? Then they gave him a bracelet. They gave him a bracelet. And um, then he started selling those bracelets. You know? Made some money selling bracelets. What would be cool is a what would James do bracelet, right? Same initials, different meaning. Completely different meaning. You're driving down the street, you get cut off in traffic. You fuss them out, your pastor gonna be like, yo, you got a what would Jesus do bracelet on? You're like, uh-uh, that's what would James do. driving an imaginary car for a long time, isn't he? <laughs> also found out when Jesus was 12 years old, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. They lost Jesus. And you know the first thing they had to do was pray. I wonder what that prayer must have sounded like. Joseph probably did the prayer. He was like, oh, God. Dear God, um, oh, forgiving God. Um, you remember that Messiah you gave us? You got another one somewhere, man? We don't. That was the only begotten son? Okay, we're going to find him. We're going to find him. We're going to find him. I was reading, I want to know about the blessings of Abraham. So I'm reading the Bible, it's like Genesis and. One of the things that blessed him about Abraham was the obedience of his household. His name used to be Abram, and one day God told him to change his name. God changed his name and told him to go home and circumcise his entire household. Even the servants, the Bible said he went home that same day and did it. That is obedience. Because I don't know if I could have been a servant. I'm just saying I had a couple questions first. Like, wait, what, what, what happened? What happened? You changed your name? I don't think I know you then. I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. Okay, okay. Can we just talk for a second? Can we just talk? Okay. Can you stop sharpening that rock while we talk though? It's, it's distracting. It's distracting a little bit. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to focus. Okay. What exactly did God say? His words, please. Okay. Circumcise in the flesh of the foreskin. You sure I didn't say your skin? <laughs> Go back up there and check, man. Come back with a note. <laughs> and then going to church can be a little intimidating sometimes. Like you're trying to look for the right church. You'll never find the perfect church. So you just stop looking for the perfect church because you ain't perfect. I went to one church and... Uh, the pastor was like, I want you to pray with your neighbor. I'm like, my neighbor don't go to this church. (laughs) 
You want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. So they explained to me, your neighbor is the person next to you. I'm supposed to pray with some lady I don't even know? What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help them hairs to stop growing on this lady's chin, Lord. I don't... What am I supposed to pray about? I don't even know her. If she went first, man, she must have been John the Baptist's auntie or something, man. Because she prayed all good. She was like, dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse, Lord, of the book of Matthew, Lord, the 601st word on page 1297, Lord. Lord, you said, seek, search, Lord. You're the Alpha Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, the King of Kings. I'm thinking, man, she even knows his nicknames. Now she's looking at me like it's my turn to pray. Well, I'm not going to let her out pray me. So I'm like, all right, dear God, God, I just, you, I just, I just can't fight this feeling anymore. Lord, you know, because I know, Lord, that nationwide you're on my side, God. Because choosy moms choose Jesus, Lord, you know. That's the rocket's red glare, Lord. Okay, proof to the night. I believe I could fly, amen. I truly pray that you found laughter in that at least one joke that he told. He's, he's a very funny guy. Didn't that kind of help lighten your load a little bit? You know, we started out with gloom and doom, but, you know, laughter just kind of lifts you up. Take, take time in life just to, just to laugh. Even laugh at yourself sometimes. We've gotten to the point where we're, we're too serious to laugh. In closing, I'm going to turn to a scripture. Um, and the point to the scripture is that laughter really isn't the cure-all to fix any of our problems that may come along. But it, but it does help keep us going in life. Proverbs 14 and verse 13 says, Even in laughter the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. <clears throat> You see, laughter is that stepping stone that heals us. Grief will be there afterwards, but laughter gave you some much needed relief. I pray today that no matter what you're going through, no matter what trial you're facing, whatever you're going through in life, I just pray that you can find the motivation to take that next step and to keep going. Just keep going. Let's bow our head and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you today for being able to laugh with my church family and friends. And I ask for relief, Father. I know that each and every person sitting in those pews before us, they're hurting. Father, they're hurting in different ways. Some have lost loved ones. Some have, find out, have found out that they have a serious illness. Father, some are, are, are just going through the aches and pains of life in different seasons. 
Father, I just pray that you would be with each and every one of them, no matter what trials they're facing, no matter what's happening, Father, because we're all facing a trial if we're not ones fixing to come our way. Father, I just pray that we can turn to you throughout those hard times, and I pray that we can laugh through the tears. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.